to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25 because when you do that, you save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I, of course, am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us for this one, someone we're very excited to see but haven't heard from in a while. You know him from the DNVR golf side of things. Also one of the biggest baseball fans we know. It's Big Dragon. Spence, that's his full name. It says that on your birth certificate. What's up, Spence? How you doing? <laughs> What's up, gentlemen? How are you both? Doing well, man. Doing well, you know, we're experiencing Rockies sweep. Apparently, they sweep bad teams at home. They can't buy a win out on the road, but they sure can now for the second time this season sweep a bad baseball team at Coors Field. Uh, winners now of four in a row. Uh, got good pitching today, had a huge breakout from the offense. So uh, how are you feeling, Spence? I mean, it, it, we haven't caught up with you. Michaela's been playing the role of uh, letting us know, obviously, kind of that that sense of just living and dying and, and how weird it's been this year just to follow the Rockies as a fan, how terrible they've been on the road. But when they put up these nice stretches at home, do you enjoy it or th- does it ring a little hollow just because of how bad they've been on the road? Uh- Oh, no, I definitely enjoy it. Um, I think we kind of talked about this the other day in like our Slack together. I was like, how great would it be if the Rockies lose like 90, 95 games this year, but they are over 500 or have a great record at home? Because still fun to go to Coors, I believe, what the reopening day on the 28th, getting 50K in there. Like, I- I'm still going. I'm still enjoying it. And when I go and they win, like I'm, that puts me in a good mood. I don't care what we're supposed to be this season. I don't care what everybody says we're supposed to do, this and that. And I'll tell you what, like not only just winning, but I get excited for – I used to be – so it used to be like when I'd watch Rockies games, when we were semi-competitive, I'd always be semi-nervous to watch the game when the Rockies were on defense and pitching. And when they were on offense, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll watch the bottom of each inning or whatever, depending <laughs> right, upon right. when they're hitting. And now it's like the opposite. And I get really excited every game. I'm like, oh, is it great tonight? Is it Marquez? Is it Gomber? You know, is it Senza? I, I feel like, is it Freeland now? Like those five right there, I get excited for every single one of them. I'm not going to lie. Chichi Gonzalez doesn't get me going. But any of those five guys, I'm like, cool. I get to I get to see one of those guys start. And, and they've been, I mean, overall – with better offense and a and a drastically better bullpen, the starting rotation is a playoff rotation. I'm sorry, it just is. It's a solid staff, and and even with all the struggles that they've had in the past week plus, again, I mean, right now they got a four game win streak, so you know struggles can be relative. But when they're out on the road, they've been getting really great starting pitching. Like that's been consistent. That's been the one thing that we we discussed the other day that. You know, as as bad as they've looked at times out on the road, and as much as the offense has has struggled from time to time, they uh, they're not they're not projected to be a hundred loss team because of the run differential. Because even the games that it seems like they've got no chance on winning, it's still two zip or three one, whatever it is. It's a close ball game, and if you're really that bad, it's going to be uh, hard to lose that many games. So the starting pitching is has definitely kept them in this and. And even today's game, starting pitching got it done because once the bullpen came in, <laughs> <sighs> got shakier again there, didn't it? Uh, got you interesting. Guys, you guys know this Beatles song from our guy Wild the Innocent. I'll do it the best justice that I can. Why don't we to do it in a row? You know that one? A little more bluesy Beatles track. I think yeah. it might be a uh, second side of the White Album. Uh, I, think, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Why don't we to do it in a row? Uh, well. A lot of reasons why they don't do it in the road, but you got to be excited. They're doing it uh, at home. And like you said, uh, I actually think some of the best ways to talk about uh, the the performances over this three game set is to get right into our 20th and blaze. So, because I was going to start talking about uh, one of the players who, who pitched really well today. And I was like, you know what? He's right there in our fifth spot. Uh, so I, I think it allows us to go immediately into the, the five guys most responsible for the Rockies quality play recently. And today, Austin Gomber out there, six innings of shutout baseball, really hitting his spots, mixing and matching. 
uh, on a day game. You know, uh, Patrick and I talked about it in the series preview. Day game, uh, fly ball pitcher. It's hot at Coors Field. He'll, he'll let a few of those things get out near the warning track, but still not even then. He really wasn't challenged. The couple of hits that the Rangers did put up against him today, singles that weren't hit especially hard, one of them on the infield. Uh, he, he's doing the thing. I'll bring up some numbers uh, for recently, unless Patrick's got him. I know you had him last time, but over his last five, six starts, he's been really good. He has been, and if you know, you go back and throw his last couple starts in, uh, and, and include that. You know, you you've got a couple uh, home run games where he was actually giving up the long ball a little bit, but even still, one walk in his last three starts, which is pretty darn good. Um, you have 18 innings pitch, so he's been averaging you know six in the outing, which you like, and even with today's shutout, only three earned runs. Uh, in those, excuse me, four earned runs in those three combined starts. So he's he's two and one there, uh, including some some workout on the road. But uh, we we know he can do it on the road. But that curveball on the moon still been pretty effective. Still been pretty effective. And I know the Rangers have been scrapping. You know, I said coming into the series, Adolis Garcia leading MLB in home runs, and yet he goes away with with zero. He did not add any to his uh, his ledger there. And so I think that that might be a little bit of a surprise to some people thinking, hey, this is one of the hottest hitters in the game, 11 home runs in the month of May, and yet did not get any off of Austin Gomber. Spence, when you heard that one of the guys coming over in the Arenado deal was was a fly ball pitcher, did that, did that immediately make you tap out? Or were you hoping, uh, maybe there's something we're missing here? <laughs> yeah, I, I got a little worried about that, not going to lie, because we've seen the success that guys like Freeland has had and not being a fly ball pitcher at Coors Field. And, and Freeland's like, what I love about Freeland even more than, he's a you know, Colorado native, but he's always a guy that's defending that he can, you know, if you're a good pitcher, you can pitch anywhere. Like, the Rockies have been no hit before at Coors Field. It's not like it's, you know, it's it's... We've, we've talked about it, how it gets blown out of proportion, but I was a little worried. And, and at the same time, though, he, he has an ability to miss bats, which I like. You know, I, I think if you miss enough bats, then even if you allow a few fly balls, I think the Rockies have, a, a, other than, you know, Charlie Blackman's aging, but the Rockies have a fairly a fairly athletic, defensively speaking, outfield. And like we saw Tapia make a few unreal catches this yeah. weekend or this week, excuse me, and Garrett Hampson flies around in center field. So I think hitting a ball to the outfield is its not as detrimental as people may think, especially in Coors. There's a lot of ground to cover, but they've got some guys that can cover it, especially on the left side in the center. And he's, he's, he's allowing the hitters to beat him. He's not allowing himself to get beat. Yeah, the no walks, um, man, is huge. One walk in those, his last 18 innings, 19 strikeouts. 19 yeah. to 1 strikeout to walk ratio. That's, uh, and you can go back and look through the entire month of May. He, I was going to say, uh, I've got it uh, for May since you brought it up. 37 strikeouts to four walks coming into today. So add. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I, I That is my biggest pet peeve. There's a lot of pet peeves you can have in baseball. Not scoring a run from third base with less than two outs, et cetera. Walking players, especially like seven, eight, nine in the order and not letting them try to put the ball in play when they're hitting like 130, 140, guys like that. I'm like, no, that just can't happen. Or to like lead off innings or when you're up by nine there at the end, Yancy, uh, that was that was some brutal yeah. stuff. Well, let's do the next guy on, uh, before we get to the next guy, I should say really quick, just on Yancy Almonte, because I'm sure some people want to talk about it. I just tweeted out from DMVR Rockies, like the guys, you know, when they talk about a, a hitter being in the rocking chair, where you're you're late on the fastball, you're early on the all the off-speed stuff. You, you everything you do, your mechanics are going back and forth, and you can't just get your best swing off. You just you can't get your best swing off. That's Yancy Almonte on the mound right now. I, I said he's he's a washing machine. Like he's not repeating his delivery from pitch to pitch. And I mean, you don't normally see that in the big leagues. You'll see that in the minors, but usually there there'll be little things, but he's sometimes he's falling off one way. Sometimes he's falling off the other. Sometimes he's letting it go too late, sometimes too soon. And it's like, like I said, on Twitter, any other year, uh, this guy would be getting an opportunity to work it out in the minors. I know he's out of options. You figure those things out. Um, but you can send him to an alternate site. You do whatever. But he's going to have to work through it against major leaguers this year because that's just the roster the Rockies have. Uh, so it's it, it is it's going to be a rough year for him. I've talked to Adam Ottavino 
about his nightmare of a season, if you'll recall, in, in 2017, about it feeling that way. And you don't have opportunities to get yourself right because you can't go out and throw a real strong bullpen session because you might have to pitch the next day or the next day or the next day. So when your mechanics are off as bad as they are for Almonte right now, it's going to be a long season for him. But I think we all hope he gets it back because he's a great guy and he's shown ability at times. And I do think, and that's why I see it could be there, but I don't know that it's going to be this season. It's, you know, we'll see what happens with him. It's, it's rough right now. He's kind of flipped roles in a sense with Jordan Sheffield, where Almonte is almost going to, you know, need to be protected yeah. in a sense, or have those a lot more of those low leverage situations. And Sheffield's going to, you know, maybe not necessarily take his spot and, and certainly not take the spot. I think we were all thinking Almonte would be, uh, as as possibly the seventh inning guy once Oberg went down and and maybe it's um, Almonte in the seventh, Estevez in the eighth, Bard in the ninth. You know he's not going to get a lot of high leverage innings. Uh, and and depending on what happens at the at the trade deadline, you know maybe he is able to kind of work his. He might not be effective, but he may be able to work his way uh, back to you know a, a more critical spot like the seventh inning, uh, depending on if Bard. Or Estevez, or some, or Givens, or anyone else, you all know, gets or all of them gets offloaded. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna say, oh, Almonte maybe is our, our next best option, but but still, that's that's like three months down the line anyway. Yeah. And so anything anything can happen in a half a season in that capacity. Brutal, rough to see it, but glad uh, you were saying this, Patrick, right before we came on. Glad he got that final out. Top 100% agree. Uh, you know, you you could have you could have just taken the ball away from him and said, damn it. You got to find a way to get three outs, but buddy, let him do it. Uh, and he did. So, you know, you, that's part of it. Cause he's working through He's he's, he's actively trying to fix his mechanics on the mound of a major <laughs> league baseball diamond. Like Spence, you know, about mechanics when it comes to go, this happens to golfers, right? You, you lose your swing for a minute and like, and you've got to go and work it out at the range before just getting out there and trying to play. 18 like it's uh, oh 100% you don't work on things i fight with people about this all the time when we go out and play and they're like can you help me out here i'm like no no like i will not help you during the middle of a round i can we can go to the range and hit 100 balls in a row and then i can try to help you but there's no chance you're fixing this now and when you're trying to fix stuff on the mound at Coors Field like ninth inning whatever you're up what nine going into the inning doesn't matter you're you're still against major league hitters that are earning a paycheck uh, it's still tough to do. And when, and like you said too, when you're out of it, you're kind of, you, you can't really get back into it without grinding away, away from the actual competition. And it's very much like golf in that circumstance. And, and if he can't, you know, like you said, can't really throw a bullpen cause he doesn't know when he's going to pitch next. And some days they're, you know, playing two, seven inning games where he could possibly go in twice in one day at, at some point. And, it, it's it's a lot of work for these guys, especially this season with the a lot of the rainouts and the the double headers and stuff like that. They've had a wacky schedule, and you just yeah. can't plan for any of that. They have had a rocky schedule. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good All right, who's next on our twentieth and blaze? And while we're bringing that up, let us toast. I've got my black cherry. Good company, Breck Brew Celsi. Did you have so a? Do you have a Celsi there with you, Spence? I, I do have a Celsi. But it is not for the show. Bad Spence. <laughs> Bad Spence. They're, dude, they have been out at the King Supers that I go to, the, the liquor store of that. Good Company and the regular brick. Because that's the thing I go to. I'm a big, especially the lemonade ones. Those are my favorite. The strawberry lemonade seltzer tastes like Gogurt, if you guys remember back back in the day. Um, but they don't have them, dude. I swear, every time I go in there, I look for them. So I end up buying something else. I had that exact same problem, Patrick, and test the first several weeks after they launched. I would go to the grocery store and take a picture of the empty spot. I was like, MIA. I tried again. I've only recently been able to get them regularly at mine. So get your Breck Brew, get your good Seltzy down at your liquor store, your King Supers, or at the DNVR bar. And keep us posted too, Spence, if, if there are if they become available on Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and take care of that. But speaking of being a primetime player, Jonathan Daza is number four on 20th in Blaze. Dude has been doing it in the second spot in the lineup today. You know, he was only able to come through uh, with that one hit, did get an RBI, but he's been hitting close to 400. Uh, that's including that road trip where everyone seemed to be scrapping. So he's been a very productive player 
uh, in the lineup. And he's been doing it defensively too and, and kind of short up yeah. center field a little bit when you go, well, we got two corner outfielders and, and Toppy and Blackman that, you know, have decent range, but, you know, they're not center fielders, at least not as far as course field is concerned. And yet, you know, Sam Hilliard's down in AAA. You know, Hampstead's been struggling with the bat, but Daza's been a stabilizing force so far through the first two months of the season. Well, he's like, what, fourth in the MLB in average, maybe right around there in, out of like a certain amount of qualified plate appearances I saw. Sure. Um, yeah. So dude's just raking. Yeah, and just find it. taking over that Tapio role, right? Like no pop, but constant singles and, and uh, running the base as well and being a nuisance. Yeah, up to 328 after a three-hit ball game today. Solid batting average. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take 328 from your two-hole hitter. Yeah, and he's he's earned that second spot in the lineup. And like Patrick said, and, and Spence was you know referring to earlier, when you've got Gomber out there on the hill, but you've got Daza to run it down for you in center. Uh, he actually made a really great play today. There was somebody, I want to say Holt, Brock Holt, began one of the innings with a leadoff single back up the middle a little bit to – the, as we're looking at it, the right side, his left, of Daza had to go into the gap, pick that ball up a little bit. I don't think even Hampson, because he doesn't have the arm or the experience playing center field, I don't think there's another guy on the Rockies roster who keeps Brock Holt to a single right there. He got over, he cut it off, he fired a perfect throwback, great arm, and then right after that, double play. So leadoff single didn't matter too much. But if that guy's at second base – that ground ball to second now moves the runner to third. The ball game was still close at that time. Rangers can score a run without needing another hit. Those are the kinds of defensive plays that really matter. So I love seeing Daza out there in center. Yeah, Daza would be batting, uh, rather would be fifth in MLB with his 328 batting average. Uh, if he, he qualified with enough at bats, he still has, uh, he's still still behind the curve a little ways to go. But uh, as long as he continues to, to get starts uh, and at bats, uh, he'll he'll eventually start qualifying, and uh, if if anyone recalls, ah, shoot, I don't know the year. I want to say it might have been like nineteen. No, no, actually, it was more recently. It was like ninety five. I don't remember. But Tony Gwynn was hurt, and what they ended up doing was they say, well, he didn't qualify. So what they did was they added the amount of at bats that he would have needed to qualify, and said, okay, well, you didn't get a hit in those at bats, and now let's figure out what your average would be. Oh yes, you're he's still the still, best, and he still won. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm conflating two different years together into one, that but I I should know that. So we'll see. Maybe maybe that'll be the case for Daza. But if he continues to start in center field, he will qualify. Uh, maybe even by That's the end awesome. of the month. That's incredible. I ha- I have a quick question for you guys when it kind of relates to Jonathan Daza and just the Rockies in general this year. So, is do you think it's obviously a harder job for Buddy Black, right? Because you don't have these guys, especially now a story out of the lineup. Other than maybe Tapia and McMahon, who is apparently battling a little bit of a groin strain today, there's not a guy that's like, and Charlie. So there's three guys that are maybe penciled in every night. Do you think, like, are they just going to continue to ride the quote-unquote hot hand? Are they going to try new things and try to figure out, is this like a do-or-die year for the other six guys in the lineup most of it? Or or is it like a, you know, we kind of know what we are and let's just move on. But I feel like it's really important for a lot of those dudes to solidify even a bench spot if they, you know, moving forward because they're not getting consistent at bats, but they're hitting enough to where it's like, okay, you know, Garrett Hampson's been struggling, but do you try to, you can't, there's not guys on this roster that you're like, all right, he's going to play through it. Like Blackman was terrible for a while, but you're like, okay, it's Charlie Blackman. He's going to play through it. I don't feel like they have another guy on the roster where it's like, you know, it's like, okay, you got four or five games. You're bad. We got another dude that we can try out. Yeah, no, that that's pretty astute because I mean, we've, we've, talked about that a little bit that they they don't really have anybody else coming up in the minors that you say hey so and so is is taking up a spot of someone else so like you said tapia story mcmahon blackman if they're struggling they'll just have to work through it uh, because the other options really you know aren't aren't that much better right so you're going to see a lot of mixing and matching the only guy that you might include in that list uh, and he certainly hasn't earned it yet but i think he might get maybe the benefit of the doubt at times Will would be and will be Brendan Rogers yeah. because he's yeah. a guy that has such a such an immense upside. I think you see it at times with Garrett Hampson today. You know he went out. You know yesterday we said uh, we predicted that he, he he that was an easy pick that he was going to get a hit. Went out and got that hit right away. Uh, today he had 
four hits. It was he used four for five, yeah. scored two runs. So he looked fantastic. And even him, you go, you like his upside, but you know what? If he's not playing well, let's give Daza a shot. And Daza has been getting that shot out in right. center field. So it really is a lot about, you know, riding that hot hand until at, a, at some point someone has a firm hand and a firm hold on a starting spot. And right. they're, they're not really in that position just yet, which is, I think is a good thing because, right. you know, if, if they did, if they had less spots, less starting spots, or less openings uh, in 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 their lineup um, on the lineup card, then you would potentially come up to a point in which you say, "Shoot, we may have to cut this guy loose, or we may need to designate him for assignment to create spot for another reliever or something like that." And you lose a guy. Um, in fact, you go and look right now at look at look at who was in the organization back in 2018, even in 2019. There's a slew of guys all around MLB right now that are carved out a nice little career for themselves in the short term. Look at what Mike Talkman's been able to do. Kind of a roster crunch, so they traded him to, to get something for him. Look at Tom Murphy there, Tom Murphy. what he's been able to do with his crazy eyes out there in Seattle. Sam Howard, who we saw over the weekend in Pittsburgh, uh, who's, who's carving out a nice career for himself as a lefty reliever. So. That's what can happen when you've, you know, when you have a really talented club. Is you can't hold on to those guys. You don't have flexibility. And right now, they absolutely have that flexibility. And you're seeing it in the lineup yeah. and who's on the bench from day to day. That that is the fun of the season, right? They can just pick and choose and wait and see. And you can see that Garrett Hampson's hitting a buck fifty-eight against righties and go, whatever. You're playing this weekend. We we need you to break out of it. We're going to try to ask you to do some things. He really can't come through in the bunt that night and. A lot of other on a competitive team, he'd have got benched for two weeks. But on this team, he's back in there the next day. He executes the bunt perfectly, throws out a couple of doubles, gets to work through it and try to prove, okay, okay, I, I learned from that. I learned from that. So, yeah, that's the fascinating thing for the rest of the series or season, excuse me. And I think you're right, Patrick, that Rodgers is going to work into there again, regardless of how he's performing. Because if it's not going to show through, you want to know, and you need 400 at-bats for a guy before you really know anything about him. So, you know, I see the people, I see him all the time going, with Rodgers, really? You still think we're, we're barely at anything with him? Yeah, we need to see a lot more. And so does Bud Black, and so does everybody else in baseball. And, and so, yeah, um, it's going to be fun, but they're going to run it. And then there's going to be with the, the trade deadline, as Patrick mentioned earlier, where they are going to move guys like C.J. Crone. And if they can get anything for a Matt Adams, which is why they're showcasing him a little bit, you move all those guys out and then you add even more of your dude, Connor Joe back into the mix and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's what it's going to be. <laughs> see who well, gets, yeah, you, I, who I don't see the need. Like I, 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 now I get why they're playing Matt Adams. So, you know, trying to get something for him. Cause I didn't comprehend that watching the games, but like now's not a time for band-aids. You know, it's, you don't have a good team. We all know that let's just figure out who's good and who can play and who can stay and who doesn't like, it's just like the Broncos. Like don't put in some like random dude that you think can maybe win you a game. Either drew locks, the guy or not the guy and you move on. Same with rights. Rogers is the same thing. Like, why are we starting him again? Well, do you want a, a what third overall pick to um, fl- like not even have a chance and then right. go somewhere else? And in five years, he's a Yankee or something. And everybody's like, ah, oh, we should have kept Rogers this and that. Like totally. let the dude play. If he's if he can't play, we'll figure it out. But it's not like he's costing us precious ball games in the standings right now. Right. So. Right. And and also too with with Matt Adams outside of you know Connor Joe and um, you know that that's that's been the one one sticking point to a degree. But what Matt Adams and and some of those other guys on the team that maybe people aren't too excited about, they also protect somebody else down in the minors because if you bring up somebody who might not be ready yet and you say, Oh man, Ryan Belay, 22 years old, he's in AAA, one of the youngest guys there Great in the Pacific coast league doing pretty well. You go, Hey, let's give him a shot. Well, what if he's not ready for a shot? What does that do to his psyche? What is, what does that do to his development? And is he going to continue to develop at the major league level? What, what if he's not a finished product yet? So you, it, it's easy to say, oh, Matt Adams is playing over someone in double A or someone in triple A. But if someone in double A or triple A isn't you know, moving the needle, isn't, isn't making their case for why they're done developing and they're ready to do it 
uh, on, on prime time and, and do it under the spotlights of Coors Field, then they're just not ready yet. And then you need Matt Adams to just basically to take some of those blows, yeah, take, body. Yeah. take some of those bumps. Yeah. To yeah. Hey, you need jobbers, right? Dude, Pin me, right? pay me. You need those jobbers. 25 minutes, 11 seconds. Um, and so those guys have an important role as part of a team or a wrestling federation, whatever it may be. And you know what? It's very fitting because Matt Adams looks it's like he probably could be a wrestler. I was going to say, I think he's got a second career. Well, watching him try to beat, I forget who it was, to first base when he oh. fielded a brown ball cleanly and just got whooped and then almost yeah. got caught on the bases today by Hampson. There was, oh, yeah, there was a lot of comedy with those two today. Putting Garrett Hampson behind Matt Adams in the batting order is automatic comedy. I also enjoyed the part where the Rangers put everybody in defense on the right side of the diamond and then they threw him a 92 mile an hour fastball on the outside part of the plate. And he just poked it in the left field. He's just like, I'm a veteran. You guys, yeah. like I'm not, like, I may not have it. Like I used to, I'm not going to go yonk on you right here, but thanks for giving me that base hit started the Rockies first rally just for being smart. But yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're all ready to see Connor Joe back, but Connor Joe doesn't need to be playing once every four days and getting pinch hit appearances in between. We want Connor Joe getting, at bats every single day so that when Matt Adams and or CJ Crone are traded, Connor Joe's ready to come up and pick up right where he left off. So I think that's the best sell there. You hope it works out that way anyway. All right. Two for the price of one. Boom, boom. We got number th- number three, Josh Fuentes, and number two, Antonio Senzatella How on our 20th and Blaze. Your boy, Joshua Fuentes. With the defense, with the offense, I think he's batting like 500 over his in the month at Coors Field or something like that. Absolutely. Well, the month is only three days. Oh, the Rockies are undefeated in June. Uh, over the last, <laughs> how about that? They've been uh, lost in a week. Well, this uh, this week, I should uh, say, right? Uh, week starts on Sunday. Yes, yes, I believe that's technically correct. Uh, but Fuentes continues to rake at Coors Field. He, he's the embodiment of that thing that's annoying, but whatever, you still take the, the good. You don't bemoan all the road stuff he you know is not doing anything out there but when he gets back to Coors Field he's finding gaps he's finding the seats the big late home run in the second game the insurance the out to like dead center field probably the toughest place in Coors Field to hit a home run where he got that one you gotta love the energy he's bringing right now I think you can even you can even you know say Fuentes slash Ryan McMahon because they've been so interchangeable lately over there at at third base and on the yeah. right side of the infield and where they've been hitting in the middle of the order. Cause McMahon is, although, you know, he, he might not be hitting the cover off the ball. He's still has two home runs uh, since the Mets series and five RBI scored five runs. He's still making some of those barehanded plays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fuentes, uh, if you were listening to the broadcast on KOA, man, Jack Corrigan was, was quite ecstatic about that diving stop that it, Fuentes made and, and to get was, used to it, folks. That was something. Get used to it. He's he's a defensive wizard. Yeah. I so I tweeted out, and I got more support. I got pushback, of course, because this was controversial. And I knew it was when I said it, but I was surprised by how many people just straight up agreed. The Rockies have had better defense at third base this year than they did last year. Oh, possible. Hey, numbers don't lie. Sometimes, man. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I am, of course, facetiously, and because it suits my particular purposes at this moment, <laughs> I'm choosing to like what the numbers are saying about McMahon. Like, you can end it with McMahon. McMahon's been better at second base than any of them have been at any single position, and that's his second best position. And he's at second base on the all-star ballot, too. Ballots just went, uh, became available today. Fuentes is over at third base. Cowards. So you can vote up to five times a day. Per account, wink, wink. Uh, and the other interesting thing that they're doing with the uh, with the All Star Game this year, I don't think they did it in 2019, was uh, they were going to do it, I believe, last year, but never happened. Was uh, a week up until the the end of the, the voting period on June 28th. So basically, the top four guys at each position, everyone else goes away, and then you vote again. Uh, in that final week. So McMahon has got to be at least in that top four at third base because he has the most home runs, most most RBI, most runs scored. Uh, not average necessarily, but, I mean, defensively he's been up there as well. So um, he, he needs to be getting some votes. And, and I see Josh Fuentes get a little bit of love and be in that final four as well. Yeah. Why not? 
I haven't looked at the rest of the landscape at third base. I'll I'll take a look. I mean, he's uh, Joshua. What is? And I'm still getting used to Joshua. You got to give us a little bit on that. But he really did. I mean, it's not like home doesn't count. You can't just go. The guy's got extreme splits. So whatever. Again, we, it feels like we've been doing this forever. But so just 260 on the batting average, but 722 on the OPS. Man, just pick up a couple of road hits. God, he's emblematic of the entire team, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> just Darn so. Soul? He really is right now. He's, uh, and I, you know, I give Tapia a ton of credit for the joy and energy and all that stuff that he brings to the game. Puente is the same way. Like we don't, we don't mention that as much, but him ripping off his shirt or them ripping off his shirt and the, and the whole thing. And even Joshua now being a thing. And that play today was fantastic. I said it. And then who was our other one? Oh, Senza. Antonio Senzatella. Yeah. Looked fantastic. Again, falling right after Herman Marquez. Anything you can do, I can do better. He looked great last night, even with his his road start. You know, was was fantastic. Two point three one ERA over his last two games started in the last basically ten days. Um, you know, walks have haven't been an issue, but you know, maybe walking more than you would like. Uh, strikeout numbers have been down, but again, if you're getting weak contact. That's really all you can ask for. So some days he's he's going to get his six strikeouts. Other days he's going to have a little bit less than that. Um, but he he looked solid last night. He was really dealing. Yeah. The the big thing for me there was the the length, almost being able to go eight innings and doing it with all that traffic behind him. A couple of hits, a couple of errors behind him that really you know weren't his fault. That, that you don't like in. the traffic. Yeah. But he's been pitching so well consistently with traffic. Yeah, and and that that buddy was comfortable even when it's late traffic. And obviously, you go, what's he going to do? Handle all the bullpen, but still, <laughs> you go, let's see what sends it. And you can back to Spence's point earlier about what are we learning this year. You can kind of afford to leave Sensatella on the hook, as it were, and say, let's see if he can work his way out of this. Because if he doesn't, what's the worst thing that happens? We lose a baseball game. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the thing you spoke to with Senza and the length is. It's, it's great to have a pitcher that misses bats, but that means more pitches. And I think I want to say he had a couple innings where it's like six, seven pitches last his last start yeah. that you don't have that when you're a strikeout pitcher because you're picking, you're going out to, you're picking corners. And if guys aren't swinging, you're throwing a lot of extra pitches that you don't need to be. Well, if you, you know, bust somebody in on the hands and they ground out the second pitch of the at bat, that's an out just like a strikeout is. So I think Sens has always been one of those guys that. I don't, I'm not like, okay, go get a strikeout here. I'm like, all right, go get a double play here or, you know, get an easy ground ball out. And, and he, he does, I mean, he's shown us that he can go eight, nine innings in his career and just be, you know, he's not going to be, you're not going to watch the start and be like, wow, he's dominating this team. But you're like, oh, he's only allowed one run in seven innings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, he's one of those guys that, we're learning a lot. We're just learning more and more. And every time he goes out there, and that was a good one. That that bodes well for him and his future for the Rockies. It does, and that leaves leaves number one this week for Herman Marquez, the He's Kaiser, playing, the man. king. Talked he, about it on, on Tuesday on Wednesday's podcast. And he's he was electric on Tuesday night, looked great, 88 pitches. Probably could have kept going a little bit more. It's a long season, you understand it. But, I mean, the fact that he can pitch as well as he does at Coors Field and has kind of put put past that that start against San Francisco where he couldn't get out of the first in- inning, he's really kind of put that in the rearview mirror. And you, you, you'd love to see him continue to do it. And if, if he continues to, to throw six or more innings and strike out six or more in each start and give up one earned run or less like he's been doing uh, over the last month, he might have enough to maybe sneak his way on to the all-star team given a couple of injuries, but he's got a long way to go until that, that possibly happened. But we know we've, we've seen it this last off season and even last year that the national media is starting to recognize that Herman Marquez is one of the better young pitchers that are out there. And the fact that he's been able to do it at Coors Field, along with John Gray, uh, I think right, you know, elevates his profile a little bit. So you, you hope he can continue uh, to finish first in uh, on 20th and blaze each and every week. Yeah. Well, you guys, so I don't, you guys know the stats and like the ability to see stats a lot better than I do, especially with MLB. Cause you guys are the experts, but I would be interested to see. So I'm looking at his, his numbers this year, 65 innings pitched and he's got a 4.13 ERA. He's got 30 earned runs, but I believe 
the one start I was at the game. Well, I missed the first inning, but that's what ten earned runs in one one oh, inning. Right. It, and and so in one inning, it after was, you yeah. showed up, he didn't give up any more runs. <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so you're looking at maybe, you know, 64 innings pitched and 20 earned runs. That's a wildly different season. And that was one game. Interesting point. I, you know, I, and I actually, I, you just gave me like a flashback to a heated argument I got in college with a roommate of mine when Ubaldo Jimenez had done something similar. He was having that. It might have been in 2010. It might have been another time. He was having a great season. And I had remembered that there was one inning where he gave up like four runs. You know, not not quite this extreme, but compared to what he was doing the rest of the time, I was like, man, you take out that one inning and the guy's got like a 0-40 ERA on the season. And I remember going, you can't do that. You can't just take out. So it's like there's like a whole philosophical debate here, right? About like, I mean, he did give up all of those earned runs right yes your point is is well taken that that was a you can almost write that off as a terrible day at the office and and i'm actually a big fan of doing this it's like they do in the olympics like we should look at the end of a season take the guy's best start take the guy's worst start lop them off you know you, you can maybe even do that and then take a look at you, you really were these things right like they, they so you, you lop off the top score and the bottom score it's a way to look at it but uh yeah, yeah, you're right. If if you were just to remove that one start, I mean, then his ERA is in the threes. He's looking like he's having one of the better seasons of his career. If you and it's not even a whole start, like you said, like a game where he went six or seven innings and was getting beat up the whole time. It was just, couldn't get out of the first. Hit the showers before, you know, before so. his team even hit the bat rack. Right, right. If my math is correct, if you remove that May fourth start against the Giants at home, where he Pitched two thirds of an inning, gave up eight earned runs. His ERA for the season would be three point oh six. Whoa, three point oh six. I mean, for the month of May, I mean, for the month of April, the first month of the season, uh, it was a four point one three ERA. Which you go, okay, that's good. But again, what he's done since that start in San Francisco: yeah, six innings pitched, one earned run; six innings pitched, four earned runs; seven innings pitched, nothing. Six innings pitched, one earned run. And then Tuesday night uh, against Texas, seven innings pitched, one earned run. So that's that's going to that's gonna bring your ERA down rather mightily. So a lot of quality starts thrown in there. Um, and it's it's and even his previous start against San Francisco too, uh, in San Francisco to end May, four innings pitched, four earned runs. Isn't atrocious, but that, you know, less than an inning, eight earned runs. Spence, you got to get to the games at the first pitch. Now you see <laughs> how pivotal your role can be. I know. Luckily, that was a doubleheader, so we got still got fourteen innings, thirteen innings of baseball. But I, we were walking into the stadium, and I looked over at Kylie, and I gave her my phone. I was like, "Check the score out," and she's like, For, "Is this like today's game?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> He's like, we're not even that late. I'm like, yeah, that was, yeah, that's that's what's you, going on. You need to be on call the for the next, you know, couple of weeks in the in the playoffs with Nuggets and Avalanche, where the game goes in overtime. You got to take off, find a side door that somebody snuck out to smoke a cigarette. You sneak in, right? I mean, they're, they're winning in OT. Done. I love that. Now that that right there is fantastic stuff. All of it putting a big, huge smile on my face. Of course, you know my smile brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. You got to check them out. They're located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver over there in Lakewood. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam today. The other thing that's also putting a big smile on my face these days is saving money by not paying too much on insurance. That's right. I went to Gabby.com. That's G-A bi.com slash dnvr stands for get a better insurance that's the easy way to remember it they'll help you save a whole bunch of money for me it was 480 bucks for the year our guy eric weedham saved over a grand you can save on average customers save 961 dollars a year on home and car insurance if you're like eric scooter insurance whatever you're insuring they can help you out just by doing exactly what the name says help you get a better insurance so go to gabi.com slash dnvr it'll take you less than 10 minutes no text messages no emails it costs you zero dollars it saves you money which is a great thing because then you can go and spend it on some delicious 
illegal peats. That's where you got to go and celebrate your Colorado Rockies wins, your Colorado Rockies home sweeps, or even just the fact that the Colorado Rockies are playing baseball and it's fun. And so <laughs> you can go to illegal peats after the game. You can show them that uh, your, your, your tickety thingy that you've been to an event, and they'll give you half off a house margarita when you order an entree. So check them out at Illegal Pete's. As I've joked before, you know what Illegal Pete's is. I'm not informing you about something you're unaware of. I'm just reminding you that right now you want Illegal Pete's. You knew you did. You, you just forgot for a minute. So go get some. It's delicious. Spence, it's when you go to Illegal Pete's, you go nachos, tacos, or burrito. All right. So I'm a little – so I actually don't eat gluten. And so I go burrito bowl. Um, and that's why I love places like illegal Pete's because it's like, you know, the other nonsense like Chipotle, whatever. You don't get potatoes at illegal Pete's. You get the potatoes in yes. there yeah. and then you get the burrito bowl. It's absolute fire. And it's like right next to the DNVR bar. So at any time, like we're there and it's just like crazy busy and you're like, ah, I shouldn't order food here because we work here and don't want to get in trouble. I'm like illegal Pete's because I'm getting a bowl. I can sneak this in under my jacket back in here. And good to go. I love it. Love it. Oh man. Yeah. That is good. Potato potato burrito is the way. Spence, you're you're yeah, you're you're crushing it on your food orders there. Crushing it uh on the results when after you get to the game. And you're also crushing Drew and I right now in our fantasy superstar draft. We did at the beginning of the season for anyone that did. How is there not an illegal pizza at the ballpark? Should be. Got to get a Colorado company in there for sure. Terrible. Well, um, yeah. Spend. We had a superstar draft, and for anyone oh. that didn't uh, see that, go check that out. We we did that back in late March, where it's basically, hey, you got to pick two pitchers, uh, at least two hitters, and then you can go wild card on your your third option. Uh, you get points for home runs and wins, and you know some of the crazy stuff if a guy throws a no hitter, uh, three home run game. Same thing uh, when we get to the end of the season awards. All star game and Spence, you had the wild card of all wild cards, Mr. Shohei Marcus Otani. I'm not sure that's his real name. <laughs> it might be. It Some, might something be. tells me it it's not, but we can Maybe. look that up. Shohei James Otani. We'll figure it out, but regardless, Shohei. you went with him and man, he's been clutched. 16 home runs so far going into today. Only one win, but you know he's going to be factoring on more of those bad boys. You had him. You had Ronald Acuna as well, who's oh, uh, seventeen home runs, crushing it. Yeah, I, f- I feel pretty good about that draft. I I, I dropped that bomb of Shohei Otani just because I wanted, you know, sometimes when you say things that you're like, uh, I don't really believe in that, but I want to be different, and then it ends up working out. That was to a T what happened for me there. And if he was on a better team, he may have like seven wins as a pitcher. <laughs> he absolutely would. I've taken Shohei Otani in like some random fantasy things that I've done in the past, or like I'll always get him at the beginning of a season on MLB the show. Cause you're like, Hey, this could, this could be the thing. And then the last couple of years, it, it like, it didn't, it didn't quite, you'd see glimpses of it, but he wouldn't quite do the thing. Right. And then when you took him, I was like, well, this goes one of two ways. This is one of, this is one of those picks where you, you enjoyed it cause it was fun and you're not, Sad you took the risk, but ultimately you go, well, it wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. He ended up being hurt or, or not quite as awesome. Or Shohei Otani becomes the story of the Major League Baseball season in 2021 because he's pitching dominantly and hitting dominantly and just, you jerk. <laughs> You're not too far behind him, Drew. We, we both thought that he's, you know, Spencer's blowing our doors off. Uh, but as it turns out, you're doing you're not doing so bad. Degrom has actually gotten a, a handful of wins there for you. Arenado's been been clutch. Stanton has stayed healthy. Yeah, uh, Bichette is still doing the thing. I mean, maybe you could know have gone Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But regardless, say, you, you know got it. It's Flaherty. Jack Flaherty's doing the lifting for you with his eight victories. Flaherty's been fantastic. Degrom and Arenado are, are holding up their end of the bargain. What's really funny about my team? is that the two players where I basically flipped a coin about two guys on the same team, it was either Stanton or Judge, mm-hmm. and then Bichette or Vlad Guerrero Jr. Based on the numbers right now, I missed on both of those. I should have taken <laughs> Judge, who has 13 home runs, and Vlad Guerrero Jr., who I think has 7,000. 
home runs <laughs> at this point in the career. Right? In roughly. This but roughly. <laughs> but still, Stanton and Bichette are doing fine. No, I you know I'm I'm perfectly happy with both of those picks. I I was taking Stanton, figuring a floor of home runs. I'm happy where he's at with nine, and like you said, him staying healthy, even if Judge is out in front. We'll see where that ends up. I still think I'm going to get my 35 home runs at least out of Stanton. Uh, I, I am feeling a little silly about having not grabbed Vlad Guerrero Jr. though with that Bichette pick as as well as Bichette's right there with 11. He's having a great season. I can't get down on the guy, but. It was right there for me. So we'll see how that plays out, but still. And for anyone watching on YouTube, uh, the point system works. You get one point for a home run, three points for a win because they are a lot more rare these mm -hmm. days. Um, and, yeah, so you got Michaela there in, in third place. Mookie Betts not doing what Mookie What's needs to be doing. But only five home runs so far. Same for Juan Soto, only six. I know he's banged up for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but her starting pitchers have come through. For her, Shane Bieber, and then Tyler Glass now. Her Glass uh, in, in that last round, yeah. she was dead on the money for that one. I feel pretty good. I did have Trevor Bauer with my last pick. He's got six wins so far. Uh, Scherzer is going to be a trade candidate. You know, if he does go to a, a different club uh, with with a slightly better winning record, you know, yeah, that's going to increase increase my odds of getting some more wins there for Scherzer. But <laughs> Yelich and Trout have been on the shelf and have not. Christian Yelich has been my, my biggest disappointment. It almost looks like his score is negative one. You know, <laughs> it's just one. Just he has not bounced back the way I had hoped for. For that reason, I'm in, in dead last. Yelich was the one guy that, that I was – so I'm feeling good about that one so far because he was the one guy I was saying I, I was out on. Um, but I, I'm not sleeping on your team, though. This is a – Oh, I'm not. I'm Yeah, I'm not upset yet. Machado, uh, Scherzer, like you said, that's entirely uh, on the team and the the famous Manny Rendawa kill the win problem right there. He's pitched fine for you. He's just not getting W's. And Mike Trout will get healthy and hit 25 home runs in a month. And so I'm not worried about, or I am worried, I guess, <laughs> about that. Waiting uh, in the lurch, waiting in the lurch. And then wait, Trevor Story. Wait until Trevor Story turns it on. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah. He gets he gets back, gets healthy. Whether or not it's in the purple pinstripes or not, we will not know. But I know he's getting hot. You can't hold that a guy like that down for a whole season. Yeah. And what could really you know sway things here in the final standings is the MVP voting because that's where I have to go back to to check out how many points that is worth. Uh, but that's a big whammy, and that was really how I I did a lot of my voting because as you said, Spence, if Story gets traded to the American League that's going to wipe away his odds at, at becoming the, the MVP in the AL. Um, and obviously naturally the NL as guys don't get traded mid season and then go on to, to win that award because it is a full season award. Um, but everyone else is pretty much in play. I don't see too many other so, trade candidates on there. Yeah. If we did this right now, who are, and obviously we know this is, if the season ended today, a lot of people would be very surprised. Yes. Ha ha. But uh, who are so I think Spence has the National League MVP as of this moment in time in Acuna, right? You could say he's he's one of them. Uh, yeah, I would think he'd be the favorite. I guess, like you said, you never know how the voting is going to go, and there's always arguments. It always tickles me when somebody says this guy's the MVP, and that's a fact. Like, no, that is your opinion, and it's backed up by facts. This is how the world works. But exactly, Te like Te everybody Te in the, the only other one that I'd say. Who? I throw in the mix, Tatis Jr. Tatis, but yeah. Other than that, yeah, they, they got to be one and two for right now. I think that's right. What are you going to say, Spence? I was just saying everybody that doesn't think Nikola Jokic is the MVP and tries to argue for Joel Embiid <laughs> or Steph Curry or whoever else. Is, like, look, look, fella. <laughs> look, look, I got a story to tell you. Yeah. Uh, so then National League, Cy Young so far, I think that's still pretty much up in the air, though. Jacob DeGrom, again, I feel very good about what he's doing. So I, 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 <laughs> I'd say so. I'd say so. First overall pick, yeah. Those things can change, but I feel solid there. American League, so far, Cy Young might be Garrett Cole. So damn you, Spence. Yeah, well, he – I, I believe his like first start of the season, and I was real pumped about this, and this was still real fresh in my mind. Our superstar draft. I think he got waxed. I'm pretty sure his first start that of the first season. Start, first yeah, start. and I was like, oh, cool, yeah. this is a great pick, dude. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you, yeah, awesome pick. You picked the guy that you was like the 
highest paid best pitcher in the league and pitches for the Yankees. And then you're going to get, well, that was when the Yankees were real bad too. And they were like, ah, something wrong with Garrett Cole and this and that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But he's, he's bounced back. He's bounced back. Good. Bieber, Bieber's in the lurch there. He's, Bieber. he's waiting in the wings as, as a potential candidate, but we did, we did our homework. We did well here. I was going to say these, so yeah, so far all the people, and then who would be AL MVP? Is there a runaway candidate so far? I'm not sure there is. I've obviously paid much closer attention to the National League, but I mean, the guy has injected himself in the in in the conversation a little bit. Toronto is is four games over 500, but you know, they're that's that's only good for fourth place at least. That pick on Bo, I'm gonna laugh at myself. (laughs) All laugh at me forever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm being a homer here. Well, a kind of homer because of my team, but I mean, I feel like Shoyotani's got the most buzz, which sometimes that's just what wins you MVP because it's all vote. You know, like they see him doing certain things like he's all over Twitter. He's all over MLB. You know, every time he hits a home run, it's like the first thing on sports center. So right. but it's very early. Very not early. a runaway winner in any other thing, right? Going to a guy and making like, look, but he's awesome on the mound and in the field. That's, that's a great, actually. That's yeah. pretty special. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it's the same thing with DeGrom. That's one of the reasons why I, yeah. I wouldn't have made him my uh, first pick if he was still available, because I was just so worried about him getting wins but you get to the end of the season, you're gonna, you are gonna get, you know, that that major bonus, um, and I think Otani could be the in, in the same boat. But he happens to be producing, you know, hitting those home runs, but it could be, you know, still enough just because he's doing things that we've never really thought could be imaginable, you know, for for anyone. It's, it's oh, amazing. I love it, man. I love it. All right, coming for you, Spence. I thought I was further behind. I mean, we knew you were in first, though, so that's that's a hell of a draft, man. You 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 could potentially walk away with the American League Cy Young and Garrett Cole, the National League MVP and Ronald Acuna Jr., the American League MVP and Shohei Otani. <laughs> you don't have who's your NL pitcher? Walker Bueller. I mean, it's not without so Dodgers going to win a lot of games, and if he gets hot at the end of the season, look, we're about a third of the way uh, through the season, right? And so, if this is a par three, they don't hey, they don't call him Big Drive Spence for nothing. <laughs> but you know, my iron game is strong. Uh, I think I'm going to do well. You know, again with the end of the season awards, we'll see how well I put. That's probably a good transition for you to talk a little bit about the DNVR yeah. golf league, man. That's been heating up. We're about to get started, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. So we we actually stopped taking signups as of yesterday, but that doesn't mean. So what we're going to do is we are going to have open spots each week, uh, depending upon how many players we have from DNVR coming along. Uh, we got people signed up for the league. We start play next Tuesday. Um, and we're going to be tweeting out the schedule and stuff like that. But DNVR golf members will get the first access to those week by week instead of signing up for the whole thing. And then if you're not a DNVR golf member and just want to come out, you can bring a couple friends. We're going to have probably maybe around 10 spots each week, something like that, at available at each golf course. So uh, you're going to have to we'll, basically like we'll tweet it out each week and then um, we'll tweet out how to sign up for those. But come join us if it's just a one off. I know. Uh, some people couldn't get off work. Some people um, couldn't make every Monday, but they can only make Tuesdays. So if you can make one of those days, come and join us. We're just playing nine holes. A lot of the courses, they offer a free drink. Uh, it's carts included. Everything's paid for. So um, just hit us up when we when you see those each week. And if you want to come play a new cool new golf course, we got four on the rotation. We've got Fossil Trace, Common Ground, Red Hawk, and Spring Valley. So if you haven't got a chance to play one of those golf courses, come out and join us for one of those weeks because uh so the next eight weeks, basically Monday and Tuesday, we're gonna be playing golf every week. So yeah, golf and baseball, they they both have those hallowed grounds, you know, where you know in baseball yeah. you're traveling, you want to go to all the ballparks, and with golf, that's oh, virtually impossible to do especially with their private clubs but right here in colorado we got our own you know top of 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 the heap as far as those those great golf courses and shoot man you you got four of the best right there oh yeah colorado golf gets a bad not a bad rap but they don't get the popularity because we don't have a tour yeah and there's no tour event here so nobody talks about golf in colorado but if you play golf here and you've then you play go play in other places like mitchell and i do it, nothing compares to the views here and like city park is amazing. Like mountain courses are unreal. You hit the ball way further than you do anywhere else in the country. That's a flat out fact. We all know that. And it's just way more fun to golf here. It is. It is. So 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I got to get out for one of those. I mean, obviously, we're a little bit busier in the in the summer. I, I was right, right. I was like working that day, working that day. But you know, Spence, uh, we'll have to take uh, over unders on how many holes Drew gets through before he throws his back out. Oh, uh, just, just seriously, <laughs> myself. I'm going eight. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I've been out to a few driving ranges in my day. Terrible. I've got no. I'm t- I'm awful. I'm all But I, I you know, I. When I'm you, awful off the tee as well. When you when you lean into it just right and, and you hammer one. Yeah, that's the best feeling. It only takes one good shot to get you to come back the next time usually. Right. That's, right. that's how you do it. Like you, you line them and go, this shot could be totally different. This could be the one that I've been waiting for all the up. Oh, nope, it's off in the woods. Four. <laughs> all right. And then I got another one. I got another shot uh, coming yep, up. Yep, I'm going to drop go, it. That's okay. You find it and then you hit it again. Shot. That's exactly. You get a hundred to- opportunities. That's like right. golf. A hundred opportunities and, to make the best shot of your life. Yeah, hundred opportunities is greatness. Every <laughs> every time you get out there. That actually reminds me perfectly of one thing we've got to do before we log off, which is remind you about our king of the game, who had two hits, I think, against Mike Fultonavich in his career. Had been eating it for a lot of the first part of this season, but came up with a big home run couple of hits in this one today charlie blackman your draft king of the game goes three four two runs three rbi and a home run uh but kind of one of those similar things where you go oh man he's three for 40 against this guy or whatever like what are the and then he finally got that one to hit and that's what keeps you coming back to the ballpark i finally got a pitch to hit against this guy i didn't miss it so whatever you may have my number but the game of baseball, man, and today was the, 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 a perfect example of it. It really is one of those things where it's like, it's so complicated, but at the end of the day, it's also like, if you get a pitch to hit, you got to hit it. And if you don't get any, you got to lay off all that junk. And, and that's really what it was. Charlie finally got one, turned on it. He's been a lot better lately. Uh, you two love- crowns, two crowns in the last four games. That's right. He's, he's been feeling it, man, and and becoming more and more of that second Mr. Rocky, as we've said, really behind Todd Helton, passing Larry Walker, coming up on Carlos Gonzalez and some of these big Colorado Rockies all-time stats. And uh, to see him go out there on a Sunday, we know that he had a big you know, rallying cry with the guys in, in Pittsburgh about, we, we got to stop playing like this. We got to have some fun. We got to do some stuff. And to see him then contribute, obviously, to these wins. Everybody contributed on offense today. Big game for Brendan Rodgers. Did want to throw that out, the first three RBI game of his career. Uh, But Charlie Blackman solidifying himself as the Papa Bear of the team. Y'all love to see it. The Rockies are just more fun when Charlie Blackman's good. There's no – that's an actual fact. You You can't deny that. 100%. And to, and to use a quote that I, I know Spence knows well, right now, Charlie Blackman is feeling the flow, right? He's feeling it. It's circular. It's like a carousel. You pay the quarter. You get on the horse. It goes up and down and around. Circular. Circle with the music, the flow, riding the donkey, riding the pony. All good things. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was well done. Well done. Go to your home. Go to your I home. Knew, I didn't do any Tapia conversation today. I'm burnt out on it. Believe it or not. Have you been having any conversations about Ryan Maltapia lately? I can't recall whether or not I've been having any of those types of conversations about Ryan Maltapia. You'll have to tune into a future podcast for me to address everything that's going on with Ryan Maltapia right now because we're about to sign off, but there's a lot to say on that subject. He got more hits this weekend is what I'll say for now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Ryan Maltapia circus. It goes on and on and it never ends, but it is – fun mel spence man we appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us today let everybody know uh where they can find obviously you plugged the uh the the tournament but and you're gonna be at all those events right you and mitch yeah mitch and i will be at all these events you'll get a chance to play with us we're gonna kind of play with different groups every week we're not just gonna like play with each other or people that we know so it's gonna be uh, you know i don't think it's that cool but other people like enjoy playing with pros and i say that with air quotes in (laughs) case you're listening to this podcast believe me i don't believe I'm that much of a pro, but people do enjoy um, playing with better players and sometimes it improves their game as well. So uh, it's going to be a great time. Follow us on Twitter at DNBR underscore golf. That's where we'll be sending out the invitations and the links. If we have open spots each week for the league and uh, it's going to be a blast. You can follow me at, at, on Twitter at big drive Spence and Mitchell at big drive Mitch. So. 
Awesome. For all the rest of us, I'm at Drew Creaseman. He's at Patrick D. Lyons. Of course, you've got at Michaela E. Perkins still doing all kinds of fantastic work, and she'll be back around the baseball conversation before you know it. And, of course, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Also, check out our TikTok account. It's fun. I'm learning about things that are fun and youthful and energetic. <laughs> the TikTok account is actually a, a total blast. It's really hilarious. It's a blast. Uh, DNVR Golf has a TikTok, too. DNVR underscore Golf. Um, we've actually gone and had a few go pretty viral, so we're wow. we're, we're, we're gr growing in the TikTok game. I do like the segments where you're listening to voicemails that you get left, which are always <laughs> very hilarious. Yeah, I got I uh, had some PR issues on that. I got yelled at by <laughs> by the higher ups because I let somebody's phone number play on the video. I'm still learning these things. I'm still learning. <laughs> you know, we all make mistakes as we go along and take a mulligan. Uh, exactly. Much like your Colorado Rockies, who we will continue to watch as they try to make this an even more successful homestand against the Oakland A's, a much better baseball team coming into play. So we'll see if they can keep their momentum going. They will still have the good starting pitching. They will still have the fun position players, and they will still have the bullpen that they have right now. So join us for all of that throughout the next couple of days and weeks. We really appreciate all of you being absolutely awesome out there. We promise you we'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and Spence Smith in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.